As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another Head of the Pack, the final one. Bittersweet, Bill. The final one of this Packers season. 49ers 13, Packers 10. Still really hasn't sunk in what happened last night. I'm stunned that the Packers lost yesterday. Not only that they lost that game as it progressed, I really thought they were going to hold on to win, but the fashion in which they lost. No, No really better words to describe it. Aaron Rodgers said he was numb last night. With him and Matt LaFleur, we've seen them more disappointed after losses. I'm not saying they were, you know, content or happy or whatever. They just seemed so shell-shocked that they didn't know how to properly express that emotion last night. Just an inexplicable no-show by the offense and the special teams. And a third straight season where the Packers miss out on the Super Bowl despite having a first-round bye. I think shell shock's a great way to put it, Matt. I think that's that's perfectly sums it up. You're right. I thought Rodgers was a lot more – he seemed a lot more crushed last year after the Tampa game. So I'd agree with that. You know, I, I picked the Packers to win, and I couldn't figure out why I did. You, you, the 49ers are playing well. Their defense was crushing people. The running game was crushing people, and I couldn't. I, I, so I picked Green Bay, and it was like I said this on a couple of radio news. I'm not sure why I'm picking them, but I am. And I should have trusted my gut on that one. Um, how often do we talk about Matt during his podcast that the special teams is going to bite him in the ass? How, how many how many nights up in Lambeau Field did we talk about that? And there it was last night. The offense stunk, and the special teams just. For all the braggadocio of of uh, Mo Drayton, his unit sucked from week one, and they're worse in week twenty. Brutal. I mean, everybody predicted, it, right? I mean, how many how many questions do we have on the podcast? Everybody knew this was going to happen. It seemed right. Everybody, everybody. Bill, it's not funny, but it's telling, or. Ominous, I should say. That's probably the right word. If I knew how to use words correctly, I'd be a writer. Um, You brought it to my attention 
and I went back to October 21st in our transcriptions, where Mo Drayton says, we'll get special teams figured out when it matters most in November, December, January. Obviously, what was happening on special teams at the time was concerning, but he was confident it would get turned around, and he vowed that it would get better when it mattered most. Holy hell. <laughs> that, well, I know Rodgers is, is a huge storyline here. We'll delve into that, but we got to start with special teams. A block punt return for a touchdown. I went back and watched that play. Steven Wordle almost gets displaced from planet Earth trying to block that guy. Mm-hmm. And then on the blocked field goal, Tyler Lancaster. Bill, I'm a skinny 26-year-old guy who's never played a snap of football in my life. And I know that on the field goal block team, you're supposed to block the rusher who's coming from the inside. But if you have two guys to block, because we saw this earlier in the season with Robert Tunyon, you're supposed to block the guy rushing from the inside, not the outside, because the guy on the outside has a longer path to the ball. So it's less likely he gets there to block the kick if you just let him by. Tyler Lancaster kind of just stood there, frozen. Ole, right, right on the inside. Easiest block kick I've ever seen. Allowed kick returns of 45 and 32 yards. I mean, and the worst, I don't even know how, how this slipped out of my mind. 10 men on the field <laughs> for the final field goal attempt. An 11th wouldn't have changed anything, but it's the principle of that. It's yes, what it that says about the utter incompetence of this special teams unit. That's coaching right there. Mm -hmm. If you have too many or too few men on the field, that is coaching. Guys know there's 11 people are supposed to be on the field. It's up to the coaches. I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong, to let the guys know who's on the field. I asked Matt LaFleur after the game, how does that happen in a moment like that? He chuckled. If only to mask how disgusted he was. Then he dropped his head and said it's unacceptable. And that's about all you can say. Yep. Um, you're right. The, the, the blocks, that, that, that falls on players. Everybody knows, like you said, Matt, on, on, the, on the field goal, everybody knows you block the inside guy. Um, so that, that's, that's on Lancaster. That's not on Drayton. Steven Wirtall getting blasted off of planet Earth. And oh, that's, my God. That's on him, too. But, it, but 10 guys on the field, I mean, Jesus <laughs> If someone gets hurt, but you know, maybe that's AJ Dillon's spot. I'll just use it as an example. It's AJ Dillon's spot. Everybody knows that that player is hurt, and the next man up has to get in there. It's only the season on the line, Matt. <laughs> it's not like it's the end of a thirty to seven blowout. It's like, ah, what the fuck? We're all celebrating. Maybe someone had a brain fart. The season's on the line. <laughs> every and every, you know, it's it wasn't a surprise field goal. I mean, everybody on Earth knew the 49ers are setting up for the field goal. Drayton has to get that group together and say, just to double and triple and quadruple, be sure that the 11 guys know what's going on. And for that to not happen, Mo Drayton seems like a very smart man. Yes. I know Isaac Yadam tweeted his support for him last night, but you can't possibly bring him back. I mean, you just can't do it. Sure, maybe it's scapegoating things. Whatever. You, you can't... You can't reload next year with that. I mean, Jesus. Which means he'll be on his third coordinator in three years, and that's not a good look either. 
No, it's not. And I don't think a coordinator is going to change much because, you know, I trust Isaac Yadam. He played, let me pull this up real quick. I believe he played the third highest percentage of special team snaps for the Packers this year. Here we go. Yeah, Isaac Yadam played the third highest percentage of special team snaps for the Packers this year behind Oren Burks and Henry Black. So when he tweets after the game, he was released on Friday to make room for Zedarius and Whitney Merciless. Um, when he tweets on Friday, it's, it was, it's not about Coach Mo and it never was. It's about execution. I kind of trust that. If there's a player in that room who's been in every single special teams meeting, I'm assuming, this season and played over 70% of the snaps on special teams, if he says the coach is doing everything he can to put them in the right positions to, to succeed and the players just aren't doing it, I trust that. Yep. And listen, you're right. You're not going to – I forget who, said, who infamously said this. You can't fire the team, so you got to fire the coach. Someone has to – that's just the nature of this. Someone has to yep. you know, pay for this. And here's an interesting stat I, I looked up this morning for my story. Of the 25 players who played the highest percentage of special team snaps for the Packers this year, only three entered the league before 2018. Mason Crosby, Rasul Douglas, and Dean Lowry. The Packers don't emphasize veterans on special teams. You'd, you'd be able to speak to this better. I don't think they ever have. Nope. And it shows. You see teams like the Patriots with Matthew Slater and, you know, the Ravens with guys like Anthony Levine over the years. These are veterans whose who's priority is special teams. The Packers have to, are, are forced to put Rasul Douglas and Alan Lazard on special teams, and that's about as veteran and heady as you're going to get there. Is Mo yeah, Drayton going to keep his job? Probably not. That's just my gut feeling. Just because, like you said, there has to be a scapegoat. But I don't really know how much of it's his fault. Yeah, the personnel, that's a, that's a great point, Matt. And that's, they have not had a, you know, if you go up with, with Rick Goslin's special teams rankings from the formerly the Dallas Morning News, now with, now with my group. Um, they have been, they have not had a top 10 unit, I want to say since 2007. I mean, that's just absurd. And they are con continually bottom quartile. They've been last a few times with 14 different coordinators for that span to exaggerate. Um, but this is what you get when you have a, a roster full of high-profile and highly-paid players. There's no money left for those guys. So it's what you get. You, you, you pay your 10 guys, and you just fill in the blanks with all those rookie contract guys. You're right. Veteran coordinators with some veteran players, those are the special teams that produce year after year after year. I don't know what the 49ers... Group buzz as a whole. I, I know on, on the Gosling rankings, they were bad too. Kyle Shanahan this week Ugh. said his goal on special teams is not to lose. He said that in a press conference to his beat reporters. My goal on special teams is not to lose. Unbelievable. They were 25th and they kicked the Packers' ass. It was like the... It was like... Uh, Ralphie got bullied in the Christmas story. Ralphie got bullied. And then one day Ralphie snapped and beat the shit out of out of, the, out of the neighborhood bully. That's kind of reminded me of. The 49ers were Ralphie. 
And the Packers are that kid with the bloody nose at the end, crying for his mom. Brutal. Debo Samuel, I believe, had returned three kicks all year. Shanahan said, let's try him to start the second half. 45-yard kick return. Yep. Put your best players on the field, right, Matt? Why not? And guess what, Bill? I actually didn't think Amari Rodgers was bad last night. No. He made a couple guys miss, which is ironic given how uh, the rest of the season went for him. Oof. Everything else, man. I mean... No, it, they did not play. I know complimentary football. The term gets tossed around, but the blocking, the blocking on field goal unit, the snapping, the holding, the punt coverage, the kick coverage, the kicking—it was never all together at once, performing well. Something was always terribly wrong. I went back and looked at that laundry list of errors they had against the Bears in that forty-five to thirty win. I mean, muffing an onside kick recovery, muffing a punt. Malik Taylor catching the kickoff at the five-yard line and stepping out of bounds. Mason Crosby launching a kickoff out of bounds. Allowing a 97-yard punt return for a touchdown. Allowing two kick returns of over 40 yards. That was December. Mo Drayton said he would get it fixed in November and December and January. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, heads are, heads are going to roll. This is going to be... I know we'll talk about this at some point, Matt. Um, man, it is going to be one hell of an offseason. Between the coaching stuff, um, they're, they're going to need. I assume they're going to get a new kicker. Do you need a new snapper? I know Bojo was really good at punting at times, but he had his problem. I mean, my God, it is going to be wholesale changes, roster vibe, and, and especially on special teams. It is going to be something. Something's got to change. I mean, you can't just overhaul your your special teams with veterans. And look, you see why why teams are hesitant to play veterans on special teams last night because A.J. Dillon gets hurt on special teams. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't go back in. I mean... The running game sucked the rest of the way, yeah. right? That's just... That's what it is. All right, it's almost been 15 minutes and we haven't stopped talking about special teams. This might be a long episode, folks. Buckle in. Hopefully <laughs> it's a therapy session for you guys. Um, let's move on to number 12. I'll, I'll start with you. What was the most notable thing you took from his post-game press conference last night? Um, he, do, he took the blame for it. Um, he, he, it was the pressure, Matt. It was the pressure of the 49ers, but it was the pressure of the moment. This is a 30-year-old, going to be four-time MVP, who's played... I'm not sure how many playoff games he's played. A lot of playoff games. I thought, I thought he choked. I agree. He was he he was inaccurate for most of the game. Um, he missed checkdowns, which he, he fully admitted that he missed checkdowns. The third and eleven bomb to Devontae Adams at the end of the game. Alan and, and he mentioned this too. Alan Lazard is wide open in the middle of the field, and I hate being that guy who says, "Well, this guy's open because you don't know the reads." But since the quarterback himself said it's true, Alan Lazard is wide ass open at the forty-five. It's going to be a gain of twenty-five at least, and they're going to have. There'll be two first downs away from at least a shot to kick a field goal. He played terribly. And as absurd as it sounds to think that maybe you're better off without him, because they're not better off without him. But again, again, this is maybe further down the road thinking here, Matt, but it has to at least open up the thoughts for, for Goody to say, we're not good enough with the guy. Maybe it's time to start anew. I, so, yeah, I, I don't think he played very well. I don't. 
He certainly he certainly hurt his legacy. I mean, this everything was there, Matt. This is the chance to finally win the Super Bowl. You've got home field. You've got fans in the stands, which they did not have last year. You've got the cold and snow, which they did not have last year against Tampa. You've got all your guys back for the most part. You've got everything there in front of you, Matt. There's no excuses not to get to the Super Bowl this year. And they couldn't even get to the championship game. And as bad as the special teams were, as Rodgers himself said, you can't score 10 points. Rodgers said after the Packers beat the Ravens earlier this season that the offense could win the Packers a game single-handedly no matter how the other two phases played. Straight up, I asked him after that game, and he said, yeah, we can. I think we can. I'm paraphrasing there. But it, just a, utterly stunning. I've used, I've used the word stunning so many times. I should probably change it up. But stu- a stunning no-show. How often do you hear Aaron Rodgers admit that he missed reads, that he missed throws, that he wishes he would have taken some more deep shots, that you know he didn't play well, that he takes a lot of the blame? Props to him for, for shouldering that, but... Listen, was that the worst game he's ever played? No. But considering the circumstances, considering what was on the line, considering what he told us last night about he didn't think this team needed a lucky break here or there like some teams of years past around here did. He thought they were simply talented enough as it was to win the Super Bowl. They didn't need any of those breaks. They had Zadarius Smith coming back, Jair Alexander, Whitney Merciless, Billy Turner, Josh Myers... No David Bakhtiari, but he thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. He said, I thought we were going to have a nice lead up after the NFC Championship game, and then I would be able to contemplate and talk about my future after the Super Bowl. He did not expect to be talking to us about his future last night. And it's largely in part of how he played that he was. You mentioned the throw to the, the miss to Lazard, or he didn't even throw it to Lazard. It's inexcusable. The worst quarterbacks in the league don't miss that. Devontae was double covered. If there's anyone who can come down with that, it's Devontae. But he didn't. Rodgers was was making risky throws, one that was almost intercepted on an out to the left sideline. You know, that throw down the right sideline to Devontae that Rodgers said he wished he would have gone back shoulder. He kind of tries to lead Devontae, but it's way too low. Um, this one's a little excusable because he was on the run, I believe. But the 75-yard completion to Aaron Jones when he broke past Dante Johnson down the right sideline on the wheel route, if Rodgers leads Jones on that, that's a walk-in touchdown. Mm -hmm. But Jones has to reach back, stop his momentum, and it allows the 49ers to catch up. Just an inexcusably bad game by Aaron Rodgers' standards, given the moment, given what was at stake. And listen, I know he won a Super Bowl MVP. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is arguably the most talented thrower of a football we've ever seen. But in the last 10 years, he has underwhelmed in the postseason when it has mattered most. Sure, he's had his good postseason moments. I'm not forgetting the the throw to Jared Cook against Dallas. I'm not forgetting the good game he had against the Rams last year in the divisional round. 
But if you look at his performances in the four NFC Championship game losses and what happened last night and other smatterings here and there over the past decade, I don't think it's a stretch to say Aaron Rodgers' legacy, as it stands right now, is a below-average postseason quarterback who really only lights it up in the regular season. Yeah, that's accurate, Matt. Um, there have been a, a lot of their playoff losses have been out of his control. Um, they scored they they got fifty one against Arizona and fifty one points against Arizona in two thousand nine. You know the the Giants game here in eleven. They got the hail mary at the end of the first half. Colin Kaepernick ran wild against them in two thousand twelve. Um, there was a special teams meltdown in Seattle, and, and Fort, I, I, I can go on. Larry Fitzgerald running through the entire defense in 15. But for an offense that, yes, it's Devontae Adams-centric. I get it. But he spread the ball around a fair amount this year. The stats last night are unbelievable, Matt. He threw 27 passes. He completed 9 out of 10 to Aaron Jones, 9 out of 11 to Devontae Adams, 2 out of 6 for everybody else. Alan Lazard, one catch, one target. Mercedes Lewis, one catch, one target, one fumble. Daphne, 0 for 2. DeGuari, crappy pass, which should have been a big gain, 0 for 1. Randall Cobb, the near interception that you referenced earlier. He threw six passes to everybody else last night. Against 49ers secondary, isn't that great? The pressure, you know, he was pressured. I get that, but my God. We talked about it. You talked about it, especially the last podcast, Matt, how Lazard is a legit number two. And he was. He, he had played really well the last, but the last seven games, he was tied for third to lead in touchdowns. He caught one pass in the fourth, yeah, early in the fourth quarter. One pass. My goodness. I don't get how it happens either. What an all-around disaster. Clearly, the 49ers adjusted to what Green Bay was doing after the opening drive, and the Packers just had nothing. Nothing at all. And some of that's LaFleur, some of that's Hackett. And some of that's Rodgers for orchestrating the thing at the outline of scrimmage. And he didn't, nobody had answers, none of them. And the biggest moment of the year, they all just kind of melted on a freezing cold night. And listen, Rodgers wasn't the only one to blame. Mercedes Lewis's, I, I thought the right. Packers were going up 14 nothing when Mercedes Lewis fumbled that, or before he fumbled it. Josiah yeah. DeGuara has a crucial drop on what would have been a first down. I mean, there was plenty of blame to go around. The offensive line was not good. Matt LaFleur said he felt Rodgers did enough to win them the game, which is just asinine. We know that's coach speak. Um, why would LaFleur like, go out of his way to, to piss off Rodgers? He, he doesn't really do that publicly to us. I don't blame him. 49ers pass rush, according to Next Gen Stats, pressured Aaron Rodgers 11 times for a 32.4% pressure rate. Highest rate Rodgers has faced in a game this season. First game for Rodgers with a negative passing EPA, expected points added, since week one. Bill, we talked so much about, for everything Adam Stenovich in this offensive line has done this year, they're better suited to block a team like the 49ers, like the Buccaneers. Last year, you just didn't feel that with Billy Turner switching to left tackle and Dennis Kelly to right tackle. Or, or not Dennis Kelly, Rick Wagner. He was under duress in that NFC Championship game. This year seemed different. Yash Nyman, Dennis Kelly, they filled in well. Lucas Patrick, 
Billy Turner comes back, first action since week 14. And LaFleur sticks him at right tackle. And or him at left tackle and Dennis Kelly at right tackle with Bakhtiari out and, and Nyman to the bench. I don't know how much Yash Nyman would have would have changed things, but it certainly seemed like that pocket was collapsing mighty quick all night long. Yeah, I don't get that one, Matt. Yash played good this year. Um, he, a, a, he's played well, and B, he's played a lot. Turner had missed the last four games. Every single one of his snaps this year was at right tackle. And like you mentioned, he did not play well at left tackle against Tampa in the championship game. I have no idea. I, I just dumbfounded. Matt, I saw it at practice on Thursday. I saw it at practice as we were walking off. There was Billy Turner at left tackle. And we t- I talked to you about it, and I didn't believe it. I, I, what I said to you, it's just gotta be, he's got to be the swing tackle. they got to be getting him left tackle reps just in case. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, and I still can't believe it now that they stuck him out there. And look, I thought he, he was actually okay. Turner wasn't the problem last night, but Dennis Kelly got worked over by Bosa. Would they have been better with Nyman at left tackle and Turner at his usual spot at right tackle? Who knows? I mean, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. But the Packers were 8-0 with Nyman as the left tackle this year. He did shut down Bosa in that first game after the opening series. Again, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the same thing going to happen, but... Man, I would have stuck with the guy who's played well at left tackle and was in a pretty good groove as far as playing recently. And if you want to get Turner back and you put him at right tackle, but that that didn't I mean you mentioned it. I mean, he was under fire all night. And the longer the game went on, the, the more the pressure got to him. A bizarre position switch or uh, personnel switch. Yeah. I I don't know why they did it. it and It'll haunt LaFleur for doing that because Rodgers had little time to do anything and he commended the 49ers for taking away that quick passing game <coughs> that the Packers have used so well this season to neutralize these defensive fronts they've gone against with their makeshift offensive line. One they u- utilized efficiently in week three to, to put up 30 points on the 49ers. And the 49ers took it away yesterday. After the first drive, I mean, that first drive was clinical. 10 plays, 69 yards. I said, whoever scores first will win the game. The Packers will take the ball out, or if they score first, they'll force Jimmy Garoppolo to throw. Packers defense played lights out for the most part. Sure, they they let a couple plays develop over the middle and, and couldn't stop Debo Samuel on that last third and seven. Obviously, that was extremely costly. But the Packers' defense deserved better. Um, Rashawn Gary deserved better. Rashawn Gary had an incredible game. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't meant to be for the Packers this season. And now we head into an off, another offseason of uncertainty. And that's the special part about season-ending podcasts. We get to discuss not just the game, but everything ahead. So buckle in. Hey, quick on the defense, Matt. That yeah. third and seven you mentioned, two missed tackles. One, Zadarius Smith, one, Jair Alexander. There you go. They, they stopped and short of the first down, and then they had, they had a tough choice. Do you go for it on fourth down and risk putting Green Bay in good field position, or do you send Robbie Gould to kick it in a snowstorm? And again, risk putting it in the Packers a good field position. 
Instead, they give up nine yards. They get some extra yardage after that, and they make the field goal. And guess what? For some reason, the Packers wasted a timeout with 33. Well, maybe it was because the play clock was going down, but wasted a timeout with 33 seconds left in the third quarter. Could have used that. I mean, in hindsight, it didn't matter, but um, a, a coaching blunder right there. That's Mike McCarthy clock time management, timeout management right there. Nothing's that bad, Matt. Nothing's that bad. <laughs> Let's talk about the future a little bit. The Packers, according to Over the Cap, are $40.114 million over the cap. That's all. Second worst situation in the league. Saints are $74 million. Holy hell. Nobody else is worse than $14 million. Cowboys and Vikings are both around the 12-13 area. It's actually worse than that, though, Matt. Yeah. Um, that's, that's with them only having, what, 40-some guys under contract. They have to get to 51 for the offseason. Yep. So in reality, once you get to 51, they're about $50 million over the cap. 5-0. Yeah. And that's why Rogers said when Rob asked him last night, do you think this team can be built to win a Super Bowl in the future given the cap situation? He said, that's a fair question. Certainly something I thought about. I do not want to be part of a rebuild. And that, to me, was the most telling thing Aaron Rodgers said. Yep, absolutely. He knows there's change. And if they do go the rebuild way, he's not going to be a part of it. We'll save the reading into Rodgers' comments. Do we think he's going to retire? Do we think he's going to play elsewhere for another date? Because there, there will be plenty of talk about that. But that was the most ominous thing he said last night, in my opinion. Yeah, the rebuild, Matt. And this is what I think he really means by that. Rebuilding means Devontae Adams. If you're $50 million over the cap, how in the hell do you keep Devontae without gutting the roster? Let's just say Devontae goes. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, unrestricted free agent, he's gone. They can't afford him. Equinemius St. Brown's an unrestricted free agent. Maybe they'll keep him, whatever. Robert Tunyon, coming off an ACL, unrestricted free agent. Randall Cobb's cap number is huge. He's not coming back on that number. He could be gone. That would leave three players at receiver under contract. Juwan Winfrey, Amari Rodgers, Malik Taylor. Oof. They caught 14 passes for 117 yards this year. That's a rebuild. Does Aaron Rodgers want to come back to that? And by that, you know, I mean, Lazard's a restricted free agent. He won't be cheap, but maybe he'll come back too. But I think... A rebuild means Devontae Adams because he doesn't want to be throwing passes to those guys. And I'll blame him. I don't blame him either. Here's the entire list of Packers who are going to be unrestricted free agents. Let me pull it up. Oh, I was on the I'm on the wrong page on over the cap right here. Devontae Adams, Kevin King, Robert Tunyon, Shannon Sullivan, Devondre Campbell. Lucas Patrick, Dennis Kelly, Tyler Lancaster, Whitney Merciless, Corey Bajorquez, Rasul Douglas, Oren Burks. Yash is an exclusive rights free agent. Lazard's restricted. Equinemius St. Brown. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Oh, apparently the Cleveland Browns signed David Moore. So That's not, no, that's, I actually saw it. That's uh, the guard Cleveland, the guard David Moore. So that is a, a typo. So that's a typo. Okay. Typo. Typo. Team's going to look different. And guess what? 
Russ Ball's paid to figure it all out. But there are three guys that are, besides Devontae Adams, in my mind, three guys that are young, who are all 25 or younger, who you have to extend. Elton Jenkins, Jair Alexander, and Rashawn Gary. Mm -hmm. Where's the money for Devontae coming from? I understand Bakhtiari got hurt, but that extension, man. Oof. I've said all season it would be organizational malpractice not to have Rodgers and Adams back. I am rethinking that now because of what happened last night. And like you said, whether it's right or wrong, maybe Gutekunst and Russ Ball and Mark Murphy just think, if we couldn't win it this year with Rodgers, we might as well just start from scratch. Yep. I'm kind of thinking that way too, Matt. Do you just... Blow off 2022 as a way to clear clear out your financial issues. You trade Rodgers for two or three first-round picks, wherever you get for him. Um, tag and trade Devontae. And try to rebuild the sucker by hitting hitting it out of the park with a, your first-round pick at quarterback down the road. Or, just, or relying on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and your defense to be how you win football games. It's like, like, I don't know. I don't know how you win it again, Matt. If you can't win it with this year and you're going to gut the roster just to get under the cap, how are you going to be better next year? Hard to see it. Hard to see it. All right. We're 33 minutes in. Let's get to some questions. Do we have any? We have like, we have hundreds. <laughs> Actually, real quick. I said we weren't going to do a quick prediction. One sentence prediction on what happens with Rodgers and what happens with Adams. Go. Um, they will trade Rodgers to wherever Nathaniel Hackett's coaching, probably Denver. Adams will go with them because the Broncos have shitloads of cap space. I agree. I would have said both would stay. After last night, I think the Packers trade Rodgers and Adams in a tag and trade to the Denver Broncos who will have Dan Quinn as their head coach and Luke Getze calling plays. Rodgers and Adams both love Luke Getze. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens there. I'm pulling up real quick uh, how much cap space the Broncos have right now. It's near the top of the league. Packers... Yeah, Broncos have $41.6 million, which is eighth in the league right now. Um, what, how many first-round picks? You know, I think the Packers could get four first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a player or two for Rodgers and Adams? Um, yeah, probably. We've seen how long quarterbacks can play at a high level. Yeah. Tom I mean, look, Rodgers played like crap last night, but he can still play. And the Broncos are – look, the Broncos are a pretty good football team. And they curiously drafted a defensive back last year when they could have drafted a quarterback. I just, I just think all along the Broncos have been betting on getting Rodgers, and that's the plan. But we'll see. We will see. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get into the questions. We have a bunch. First one from at 15 Gerard. Why? It's a good question. We have, is this a nightmare? Can Rodgers handle big moments in the postseason? All right, let's find one we can actually answer. Because we. No, already... I will say the the postseason thing, Matt. While, while you dig up an answer, yeah. I, I wonder if the pressure really got to these guys. The whole last dance thing. You know, we I've you know I've, we've talked about it in the podcast before. What, what happens when push comes to shove in a close playoff game? Does the pressure of my God, we've got to get this done? Does it get to him? We'll never know. Though, of course, they'll never say yes to it. But I wonder. From Derek T. Muller, over under win total if Jordan Love is starting QB. Uh, six, five and a half. That's a great number. I was gonna, I, w- I would say six. The defense is really good, and they can run the football. That that's good enough to beat some bad football teams. It's not good enough to beat any good football teams. A lot of these are just why. Where are you going on vacation? That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll have to see where I'll go. All right, Florida for us. <laughs> really? <laughs> An hour after the game was over, I got I saw the flight confirmation for my wife Melissa booked for us. So we're off to Florida. <laughs> from at Gabrielle Bosset hot take the Packers should trade Bakhtiari as well actual question is Matt LaFleur a regular season only coach to the offensive blank today and the inability to fix special teams put pressure on him for next year my answer it should there's no pr- pressure on Matt LaFleur's job I don't think um, but the last two playoff exits have not been pretty for him it's always tough to tell what exactly is on him? What exactly is on, on everyone else? Because we don't know how much Rodgers changes at the line of scrimmage, really. Um, sure, Matt LaFleur is going to take blame for everything. But it hasn't been pretty the last two seasons. Do they trade Bakhtiari? $26 million worth of dead cap says no. Yeah. There's your answer. What do you think about LaFleur? Um, that's a great question about him being a regular season-only coach. It's a great question. I don't know, I don't, and I don't know how to answer it, you know, for the reasons that you mentioned. But no, they're, they're not going to get rid of him. If you're going to get rid of him, trade him. Someone will take him, right? But the guys, the guys won too many football games. I guess I will, I will rely on that great regular season track record um, to say that he's a really good coach who's just had some bad moments. Yeah, that's fair. All right, next up. From Claire Shea, do we move on from everyone, LaFleur, Rodgers, and start over? I wouldn't say everyone. Definitely not LaFleur. Possibly Rodgers. You're going to have to move on from a lot of people. 
you know, after Rodgers and Adams, the next biggest priority to re-sign is Devondre Campbell. Absolute game changer for the defense this year. Then Rasul Douglas, game changer for the defense this year. But guess what? I don't know if they're going to be able to. Those two guys earned themselves a lot, a lot of money this year. Robert Tunyon, they didn't have a pass. Josiah DeGuara has no business in the pass catching game, being a pass catcher, at least yet. Robert Tunyon's torn ACL was brutal for them. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. It's going to look different. The Green Bay Packers, as we know them, might be over. Yeah, I agree. Um, they just got to get rid of so many guys, Matt. And you mentioned Campbell Douglas. Those guys have priced themselves way out of Green Bay. They are so far over the cap, there's no way on earth they're going to keep those guys. It's impossible. So, yeah, there's... <laughs> You're going to have, what, Ty Summers and Oren Burks and linebacker next year? Jesus. Chris Barnes. They got... This team's got... Oh, yeah, Chris Barnes. This team's got so many holes. Holy man. But yeah, they're going to be starting in you because they've got no choice. You know, and maybe it will be Rodgers, and maybe they can keep Adams, but it's going to be wholesale changes also because there's just no choice. They they redid everybody's contract last year. There's there's no contracts to really redo. They're just, I mean, you can extend Preston Smith to get some cap space, but man, oh man, they are they are in the weeds. From Cam Gordon. Was the Mercedes fumble the turning point? I know it was early in the game, but offense rolling and looks sure to go 14-0 up. I think I said in the press box, if they score here, it'll be a blowout. I really thought they were. That's the second time he's carried the ball like a loaf of bread down there. Packers mm -hmm. recovered one fumble earlier this season. He loses this one. That was brutal. Packers offense never recovered from that. Nope. It did not. Um, it, it is amazing. I wrote about it this morning. I'm going to quick grab my, my story up at the SI site. Um, the first 14 plays averaged 7.29 yards. The last 40 plays, including the Aaron Jones catch, 4.02. You take out that catch, they averaged 2.21 yards per play after the Lewis fumble. Seven first downs that first drive, seven the rest of the game. Unbelievable. How momentum can switch on one play. Yeah, we can talk until the cows come home about how they lost the game on the block punt. And it's true, but that Mercedes-Lewis fumble is the ultimate turning point. Turn the entire season. Because if it's 10-0, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to come back from that? No. Nope. He was terrible last night. And the Packers, Packers beat up on him. The coverage was great. The pass rush was great. 10-0. You're right. Ball game. From Brett Bell, how much damage does the team need to do to the rest of the roster to keep Devontae Adams? Is this the year we finally draft a wide receiver worthy of playing alongside Devontae? Uh, a lot of damage. Tag price is uh, $19.4 around there. On the open market, he'll get $27.28 if a team is willing to, as they should, because he's earned it, make him the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history in terms of average annual value. Is this the year they finally draft a wide receiver? Um, I think they have to, whether or not Devontae's here. Because, listen, Lazard's a restricted free agent. Team might sign him to a second-round tender or, or match an offer or raise it. Uh, 
you might not be able to afford Alan Lazard. MVS is a goner. I don't. There is no chance he's back. Or maybe because of how underwhelming his season was, he he priced himself down into the Packers' range. I I still think you need someone else. Lazard and MVS, one of them is going to be gone. You need someone beside Devontae, especially if I don't see Devontae staying here if Rodgers is gone. Right. So maybe not. I was going to say give Jordan Love all the weapons he needs, especially if Devontae leaves. You need to draft a wide receiver in round one. Um there are a couple good ones late in the round. Alabama's Jamison Williams, Penn State's Jahan Dotson, Ohio State's Chris Olave. Get one of those guys. Here's a question, Matt, on Devontae. He's going to be 30 at this time next year. Are you going to pay him four for 100 or you know whatever his contract's going to be? I realize that he has earned it through his play, but you are... The idea of these contracts is not to reward people for past performance. It's to pay people for what you think they're going to be worth in the future. Would you pay him that much money for a 30-year-old who's going to be 32, 33? I don't know. Um, the guy is unbelievable. He's shown no signs of slowing down. Um, the cap's going to go up considerably here in a couple of years. But that's a hell of a lot of money for an aging receiver, Matt. Yeah, but I think back to what Mark Murphy told. I believe it was Tom Grossi on a podcast earlier this year or or last year that the Packers only give third contracts to Hall of Famers. True, Devontae Adams Hall of Famer. We'll see if we'll see if that sticks true. All right, next. I'm scrolling through. There's a lot of why. We gave our predictions for Rodgers. We'll be back. How can the Packers have 10 players on the last field goal? We touched on that. We touched on this a little bit. Let's go to it. From Kelvin Farrell. Here's a question. Can you explain this? One reception for a wide receiver not named Devontae. We were one-dimensional on offense, especially when A.J. left injured. Yeah, there was no, no secret what the Packers were doing. There were two guys they were throwing to. They were checking down to Aaron Jones or going intermediate to Devontae. I'm stunned Alan Lazard did not get more play given how effective he was. Yep. And I'm not just talking about the, the deep in-breaking route on the deep ball to Devontae. Randall Cobb, for all the talk the past couple weeks about him coming back and what that would mean, one target, no catches. It just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Oof. Yep, it is. <laughs> yeah, I... I it... I I got I got nothing to say, Matt. I, it's it's the guy Rogers wanted. It's the guy Rogers wanted here. They love I mean, he just they they love each other. And to just bypass him yesterday, unbelievable. Um, here's one here, real quick, Matt. I just want to ask it just to get the, get the answer out there. This is from Kyle Harvey. How many minutes into the league year will the Rogers trade be finalized? The Packers have to be in uh, compliance with the salary cap before the start of the league year, which is March 16th. Um, so that that all has to be done below before March 16th. It, it can be done March 15th at 11:59 p.m., but it has to be done before March 16th. Correct. And Roger said last night he'll have his decision on what he wants to do next before free agency. So um, we'll know by then, probably earlier, 
what he's doing. I think they'll trade Aaron Rodgers on March. Let's see. Rodgers will make it known what he wants to do. This is me, my gut prediction reading into the crystal ball. When Rodgers and Goody talk, there will be a... We're going to try to re-sign guys, but if we can't, this could be different. Rodgers is going to take some time off, come to the conclusion in a couple weeks that this team is not going to be a contender next year, or at least a Super Bowl contender. They'll mutually agree to trade him. And then on March 7th, they'll trade him and... When's the... Franchise tag deadline. Good question. That no, will, I'll look. That will affect my uh, my prediction here. Let me see. This is great podcasting. We came ready for this. March 8th. <laughs> okay. I, figured, I thought it was about a week before. Okay. Is the deadline. So, yeah. I'll say March 6th, the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to the Denver Broncos for four first-round picks, two second-round picks, and Jerry Judy. Quote that. The scouting com- yeah, the scouting combine, March 1st through March 7th. That's when everybody's in Indy um, talking at bars, in hotel rooms. Uh, yeah, I would think uh, there'll be more than a couple knocks on the hotel room of Brian Gutekunst, I'd assume. I bet they will. Drew Locke. Drew Locke coming too, baby. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> Packers wanted well him, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Oof. From Brian Pikowitz, what are you doing next weekend? I'm free. I appreciate that, Brian, but I have to get uh, my tattoo filled in. I have two hours left on my tattoo. What are you doing next weekend, Bill? Um, I'm going to Door County. Oh, okay. Cross-country skiing, and golly knows how many calories I'll consume afterward. You know, yeah. there are a lot of there's, there's a lot of questions here, Matt, on the on the stream about Mo Drayton and why they didn't fire him at midseason. And I get all those questions. But what was going to change by hiring Mo Drayton's assistant or promoting his assistant on, you know, on October 31st, whatever? Yeah, exactly. Nothing was going to change, people. I, again, I, I understand the sentiment there. But you know, you're, you're not going to fire an assistant coach halfway into his first year, the guy that you picked. So that's not going to happen. I think the larger issue here is, Matt, sticking with Drayton, is now you're going to fire your second guy in two years. Who's going to want to come here? Nobody's going to want to – listen, any special teams coordinator who would want to come here would look at this and say, well, it's not Mo Drayton's fault. They have terrible players on special teams. Why would anyone want to come here and be set up for failure and a potential right. one-year firing just like Mo right. Drayton was? Right. So you're going to get another young guy because no because the established guys will have the pick of their jobs. So it's going to be another young guy. Unless you promise them that, hey, we got a whole new outlook on personnel and it's going to look different. You know, kind of how they brought different scenario, but it's how they brought back Mercedes Lewis a few years ago when Goody said, hey, we we didn't use your right. We we will make it good this year if you come back. And they did. So maybe maybe it works that way. But otherwise, I I see no reason or no way they're going to have an established guy come in. So it's going to be taking taking a shot on the young guy again. So... Wash, rinse, repeat. Let's do a couple more. What else you got? Well, there's a lot of Mo Drayton questions. It's unbelievable. There's a lot. 
do you, all he, do you think he's going to get fired? Yeah, 100%. I agree. You just can't you can't end the year like that and have the same message be out there again. Is it his fault? Largely probably not, but you just can't you can't reboot unless there's no one else out there better. I don't know, but they are up shit creek there. This is from Pat. If cohesion is so important on the O-line, why go with the one that's never played together for a playoff game? I know we hit I know we hit on that, but that is that's something. It's a good point. From Sophie, do you think Crosby is done? Yes, 100%. And if so, where do we look to get a new kicker? Now J- there is J.J. Molson has been protected on the, pra- on the practice squad. Right, yep. and they've protected. He's, I believe, a 2020 undrafted free agent out of UCLA. They've protected him on the practice squad all season. Bill, I believe you said he made a 60-yarder in, yeah, tr- in training camp. In training yeah, camp, that's 60. nice. That's about all we've seen of him this year. Um, he'll be the kicker. He had a good camp. Year. I, I he had a good camp. I, I know you tracked those protections all year. I was, I was wondering if it was every single week, and it was. Yes. Okay. For off the top of my head, because um, I think they want him to be their kicker next year. I'd assume so, right? I mean, why else would you do it? Mason Crosby. If they cut him, they will save two point three nine five million dollars in cap space. Why would you keep him after the season he had this year? Obviously, yeah, it was, well, obviously, it wasn't entirely his fault, but you can save over $2 million by cutting a kicker. Might as well do it. Yeah, they, they need to get money from every single place. They can go, look, and Crosby's getting older. He's had a great career. But he's getting older, and even when the operation was improved, he, he, was, he became the problem at times. And look, that missed extra point against Detroit at the end of the year, that was, that was a Crosby problem, not a snap hole problem. Yeah. All right. One last one before we head into the offseason. Hit us with a good one, Bill. A good question? Yeah. Uh, from Alex Lackey, how do I ever get over this one? Um, listen, and, and I apologize for maybe making a snarky joke or two on Twitter, whatever it is. I know some people didn't like that. We, as you guys know, are not fans of the Packers. So we just covered the team. Yes, I wanted to cover a Super Bowl this year and see that halftime show with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige and Eminem. That would have been awesome. I might still go, just pay on my own dime. But for fans who want to get over it, I don't know if we're the best people to tell you since we're not fans of the team, and I hope you guys understand that and respect it because it helps us cover the team objectively and without emotion i shouldn't say without emotion without rooting interest in the team itself um this one if i was a fan this one stings like you said bill two years ago expectations weren't high going into san francisco santa clara for the nfc title game ominous feeling last last season about the buccaneers after what happened in the regular season this was the chance Packer fans have known Hall of Fame quarterback play for the last three decades. That's four years longer than I've been alive. And now the Green Bay Packers, as people have known them for their entire lives, could be changing. And that's a tough pill to swallow. But man, wouldn't it be sweet for Packer fans if Jordan Love was good? (laughs) 
Sweeper Packer fans and sheer hell for Bears fans. Oh, man. Kind of wanted to happen just to to see how funny that would be. (laughs) That would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you ever get over it, people. It's it's a great question. Um, that's why you're all fans, and that's why you that's why you read our stuff. That's why you listen to us, and we appreciate it. I don't know how you get over it, but Matt's right. It's been 30 years of quarterbacking greatness. We're all spoiled, you as fans, for winning all the time. Us for getting to watch greatness for all these years. These guys could be like the Vikings next year or the Saints, with having a good roster but a quarterback who you just know isn't good enough. The Saints are a pretty good team. You just know Jameis Winston's not good enough. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins isn't good enough. That's where you're at. Could the Packers know, make the I playoffs know. as the seven seed? Sure, but they ain't winning what a Super Bowl. What difference does it make? Right? No, it doesn't this make place is, This place is called Title Town. It's not Division Title Town. It's not Wild Card Winning Title Town. Um, Ooh, that's a, yeah. that's a good line, Bill. It, it sucks that, to see them lose, to have your team lose. Um, I guess just appreciate what you've had. Because it's not, this isn't going to happen again. I mean, chance, I mean, maybe Jordan Lover, maybe they draft, and the next kid they draft is going to be phenomenal. But um, I know they've only won two Super Bowls, but it's, it's two more than a lot of teams. I don't know. I, I guess try, try to see the glasses half full. But this is, I, I, you know, Matt on the way out the door last night as we were walking out to the car, Asked which one was worse, this one or the 2011 Giants game. I, I thought this one, but man, these you guys have dealt with a lot of heartbreak. And I would think this one's right at the top of the list because Ooh. there's no reason why these guys should not have at least gone to the Super Bowl this year, and they didn't, and who knows what's next. And that is the 2021 Green Bay Packers season. Listen, we can't thank you guys enough for listening, following along. Yes. Um, you are the reason we have jobs. You are mm-hmm. the reason we get to call what we do work and get to go watch the Green Bay Packers every day at practice and talk to players and coaches. And we take our job as the conduit between the team and you guys, bringing you all the information very seriously. So we hope we do a good job. Um, hopefully this offseason, we'll get some video episodes of the podcast running, maybe some live shows where you can uh comment live and we'll answer your questions live on youtube get some guests in here it's it's just been tough with with covid and access restrictions and everything but we can't thank you enough for sticking with us and following our coverage and it's not going anywhere the packers are always in the news we'll be covering the team 24 7 3, maybe not 24 7 365 but you know what i mean that's a good way to end this podcast i'm not very good at this so we'll talk to you guys <laughs> soon 